and welcome back to Deconstructing the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I am here with Mr. Brett. What's up, what's up? And we are here to talk about the first collaboration of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, The Avengers. It'll never get better than this, <laughs> That's right? That's right. <laughs> no one could possibly bring this many characters together <laughs> ever again. It can't be done. Can't be done. Can't be done. I'm excited. Do you want to talk about our drink? I do. We haven't Cheers. tasted it yet. You we haven't, yeah. yeah. Ooh. I feel like it could be sweeter. I'm not sure what I'm tasting there. Is that the raspberry? <laughs> Is that what, Or the Kool-Aid, maybe? <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was going to be way sweeter, and it is not. Well... You know what? I imagine it... The Trevor, test. this might be on me. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I'm pretty sure with Kool-Aid packets, you're supposed to put in like a cup of sugar with it. <laughs> <laughs> totally didn't do that. Totally didn't. Should I go get some sugar packets? If you want. I mean, I'm, whatever you want, man. <laughs> if you want to take a break real quick and go do that. <laughs> I'll go get a little... Do you want uh, Do you want sugar or do you, do you want a... Uh, like an artificial sweetener. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> Whatever you're having. The artificial, artificial sweetener packets are easier to grab, so... We'll be right back. <laughs> All right, so now... Okay. It should taste much sweeter, and I think I may add a little more Sprite as well. Okay, okay. Just, just top off what I've already... Yeah, I'm get, a little, the get a little fizzy. Yeah. Get a little fizz. Yeah. Can you hear that? <sighs> <laughs> Should we go again? Again. Yeah, okay, take two. Better. That's much better. That's yeah, better. I'll take that. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, okay. so check out on Twitter. <laughs> the recipe for the Tesseract is the name of this. Make sure you add sugar if That's... you're making it with <laughs> Kool-Aid. <laughs> right. Cool. All right, man. Well, before we get to characters, what was the state of the world? Man, so the Avengers came out in 2012, and what a year that was. State of the world, things that happened in 2012, the crisis in Iran, there was the whole, like, is Iran developing nuclear weapons? Oh. There's a lot of controversy there. There was the massive earthquake in the Indian Ocean that, like, leveled Indonesia. Yikes. NASA's Curiosity rover landed on Mars. Hey! That's, like, a happy go. thing. <laughs> Back to sad thing, the Aurora, Colorado theater shooting. Oh, right. That was with that Dark Knight. That was Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. I re you know, I remember... Did you see that opening night? Um, no. I remember my girlfriend at the time took, took me on opening night, uh -huh. and you know, the line stretched all the way yeah. around the lobby. And... We got in there and, you know, you got in there, you do your thing, you watch it, and it was great, and then we left, and then reading about that the next morning, I was yeah. like, that could have been anywhere, man. Yeah, yeah. see, well, and we went, like, that weekend mm -hmm. after, and it, I just remember going to the theater being nervous about it, and, yeah. like, seeing all the extra police security at the time, and... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not good. Right. Um, I really... I mean, even now, you'll go and you'll see security guards yeah. in theaters, and it's yep. really change things it really has yeah. hurricane sandy mm. uh, also 2012 neil armstrong passing away oh i don't remember nice. that but like i thought oh like in terms of notable deaths yeah. in 2012 it's like neil armstrong big deal yeah big yeah. deal and then the last one barack obama was re-elected re in 2012 so second term got his got his second term yeah. We got more Marvel. 
in terms of other things that were releasing that year, mm-hmm. The Amazing Spider-Man, Hunger Games, Life of Pi, Argo, Django Unchained, Les Mis, Zero Dark Thirty, Prometheus, two other ones, Looper. Okay. I think a fun little sci-fi thing. And then one that is very relevant to right oh, now. Oh, Looper, because that's the... That's the... Time traveling assassin yes, Bruce, Willis, Bruce Willis, who is also the other actor in that movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Magic Mike, the first Magic Mike, and as we record this, fifteen years later, yeah. Magic Mike is still in theaters. And Channing Tatum looks exactly the same. Somehow hasn't aged. So I actually watched all those in preparation for the third one. I watched all those movies for the first time this weekend. And they were surprisingly good. Oh, wow. Way deeper than I thought I they were going to be. I haven't ever watched any of them, so I, maybe I'll have to give them a shot. At least the first... I, I, I'm attributing the the Godfather clause to it. it Fair. You, you should watch the first and second one, uh-huh. and you can watch the third one if you want. Okay. Yeah. That's 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 fair. You know, that, that's interesting. I, I did not go to the theater much that year. Well, I mean, there were a couple I left off. Okay. In okay. terms of box office, I sure. wanted to... Like, the top five box office ones. Number five... Ice Age Continental Drift. Oh my gosh. Ice Age sequels, man, churning in that dough. Yeah, right. Number four, The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey. Okay. So, you know, the first of the three movies. Yeah. The Dark Knight Rises, which we just mentioned. Came in at third? Came in at third. Uh, Skyfall came in at number two. James Bond. Be still my fainting heart. Skyfall is... It's choice, man. It's good. Yeah. So nice. And then the Avengers actually brought home top box office of 2012 with $1.5 billion. So... Only? Only. <laughs> I know, right? How disappointing. Right? Okay. Especially, man, I I still have a hard time with, with box office numbers. People will be like, oh, that only made $500 million. I'm like, that's so much money! <laughs> 500? <laughs> right. Yeah, I think all of those, I think Ice Age, I didn't write them down, but I, sure, if I sure. remember right, they were all over $600 million. Mm-hmm. So, a good year for the box office yeah. overall. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I remember going to see The Hobbit, thinking <laughs> it was all one movie. Oh. And so we, we were like... Big disappointment there. <laughs> yeah. Where was the dragon? Right. Yeah. Be, and so like we get to... And I was I was eating it up pretty good. Mm-hmm. But like... And I, I, I watched the animated Hobbit. I mean, I had mm. that growing up on VHS. But yeah. Yeah, we got to like the first confrontation with uh, Thorin and then uh, the orc. The yeah. The orc guy. Yep. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. And then the movie ended. And yeah. I'm like, is that... <laughs> are they gonna make more or like is that is this it i don't understand <laughs> what is happening <laughs> cool man yep. yeah yep so. so that's kind of the state of the world and the movie industry at the time uh this i think is the last paramount pictures i did i yeah it is paramount um marvel collab so yeah this was a fun one to revisit. I know I've said that I think every time, but watching these in not such a sprint because something like I remember when event like the last Avengers oh, movie sure. came out, and I was like, okay, we gotta rewatch all of them, and it just kind yeah. of felt like a slog, mm-hmm. and especially end of phase one as we move into phase two and three. Like the end of phase one definitely feels it. It feels a little more aged, I think. Okay, but I've really enjoyed these. And the Avengers is is no exception. I'll I can't wait to talk about it. We Great, have, have lots of fun things, but a good time. What were what was kind of your initial impressions 
on re upon revisiting it. This is way more solid of a of a movie than I remember it being. The plot I feel is pretty tight. Mhm. And with character motivations and there's a problem I kind of have with the Marvel Cinematic Universe in whole like in its entirety mm -hmm. when it comes to the team up movies. And so it starts here and so we'll we'll get into that but no, I. This was a really great revisit, mm -hmm. and I was watching it with somebody who hadn't seen it in oh. years and years and years and years. Yeah, and so it was exciting to kind of see it also, the first kind of through their eyes as yeah. if it was like the first or second time. Yep. So that that added to my experience a little bit. I don't. I mean, I don't know if it changed like my personal perception of it because of that but yeah. i guess we'll find out hopefully you can kind of talk well, as me we out can of it as we can did. talk through yeah, it no no yeah. no, no. i'm gonna talk you into it this time oh great <laughs> so we have only a few new characters yeah we have the most characters ever but they're mostly ones we know right um a couple new additions mm -hmm. so we have first Kobe Smolders mm -hmm. as Maria Hill, who was Nick Fury's right-hand lady. Joining the S.H.I.E.L.D. team. Mm -hmm. And then we have Kirill Nikiforov as Weasley Thug. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like there was one more on here, but I don't even see on this list. We talked before about, we did some Thanos research. Research. Yeah, and found that it's not Josh Brolin in the beginning. You're right. I thought for sure it was Josh Brolin who voiced him, but it's not. Mm. It's a man named Damien Poitier, probably. Mm. Poitier, something Poitier. like that. Sounds French. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but I feel like there were at least two or three actors, or maybe just the voice who portrayed him. Yeah. Leading up to when Josh Brolin finally took the helm. But yeah, so that was an interesting little side quest we went on for Star Recording. And Indeed. then Brett caught... That there's a man, Maximiliano Hernandez, is Jasper Sitwell, who will be in Winter Soldier, but we saw he is actually also in Thor. Yeah. 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 In the Avengers, he's just kind of a, a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent who's... Has doesn't a little, doesn't has a little secret. Doesn't have any lines, but yeah, but has a secret. That's right. <laughs> and yeah. I, I thought it was very it was very fun to catch that yeah. this time around. Be like, hey, hey, <laughs> where's the my... Uh, my gif oh right <laughs> oh the, the little whistle leo yeah Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> leo, yeah leo dicaprio yep i recognize that person <laughs> that was fun but then the biggest name in this who's new but is not a new character is mark ruffalo that's correct taking over for edward norton mr ed norton as bruce banner so I think we can kind of use that as a transition to get yeah. into the movie. Um, do it. How do you feel about that introduction to his character? I, so overall, I like the how they introduce the Avengers. Sure. We get a, a brief little bit at the beginning with some voiceover from mm -hmm. kind of a one of Thanos's agents, um, which is just like this brief little thing, and yeah. then we kind of start in with. The shield thing. Yep. Something's happening with the Tesseract. Yep. We get we get Loki, and then we jump into where are the Avengers. We've set up the, the stakes already. Yes. Barton's gone, mm -hmm. and Selvig's, you know, they've all been mind-controlled. Who, who are we going to call? We're going to call, <laughs> let's, let's call Black Widow. Right. You know, and, and what I find so fascinating about this set of introductions, and I'll get to Banner specifically in a moment, mm -hmm. is how well thought out they are in how they transition yes 
I agree. You know, Barton and uh, Natasha have a storyline thread throughout this movie. Mm -hmm. And kind of right after he disappears, where is she? And then right after she kind of is, okay, I'm on board. Let's. She's got to be the one to go find Bruce, who's, mm -hmm. you know, secluded himself, not as secretly as he thought. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I love the moment where he, like, gets mad. Yeah. And, like, she she pulls, pulls like, out the gun. And then the overhead shot at exterior yes. where there's, like, 50 agents around. Yeah. Yep. Like, they were going to do anything. Yeah, no kidding. But it was, I think it's a good opportunity for them, and they do a really good job, Mark Ruffalo specifically, in communicating that, this is this is Bruce Banner. Yeah. It's a different Bruce Banner. Yeah. In that he's definitely moved on past the like relationship, trying to salvage that. He's just trying to be a good person. We learn a little bit more about why he's doing that, mm -hmm. doing the work he's doing later on in the movie. But that works really, really well. And then we get Cap and Iron Man. Right. Both, I think, solid, quick little introductions. Cap's the soldier. He's on a mission. Mm -hmm. There's the the Tesseract and it, underwater, and then it cuts to Tony underwater dealing with the energy stuff and yeah, making yeah. his arc reactor yes. Stark building yep. yeah. power up. So Yeah, and I, I also agree. I think the introductions to the characters, it doesn't feel sluggish, and it doesn't feel like they're taking too much time. Yeah. Uh, I really dig... I like this introduction to Black Widow more than I like her introduction in Iron Man 2, which is funny. I feel like this is more spy-like. Mm -hmm. It feels like she is... But what's, <clears throat> but what's funny is that she is actually being a spy yeah. in Iron Man 2. And so, I don't know. I just think that's a little, a little funny thing in my head. You know, I try to... This is my first time seeing this in order, including Incredible Hulk, mm -hmm. as, we're, as we're going through... And I feel like before when I watched this, they do a good enough kind of setting up the dialogue, pointing you in the right direction of being like, okay, we need to go get uh, Bruce Banner. You need to be the one to go get him. And then suddenly we're in, South, we're in South America or wherever he's at now. Yeah. And seeing him, you're like, oh, that's him right there. You know, or it must be because yeah. we, we've seen it. However, seeing it now, having the last time I saw Hulk, he was at Norton, I, there might have been a little bit of like confusion of like, okay, like I've been set up in this movie to, to be told, okay, that's him. There yeah. he is. But my brain's like taking a second to be like, okay, we, can we switch over? Because mm -hmm. even with, you know, we talked in Iron Man 2 about Don Cheadle's switch, which yes. was, was this little quippy line thing he has. Yep. You know, and but this one, they took a lot more maybe so, i don't know if subtle is the right word to use but it's definitely just a different approach they do uh they do the thing where they try and be clever like with it's because because it, it's a one-line opportunity which this problem this movie does have a problem with overusing one-liners mm -hmm. but where when fury is talking to natasha he's like uh I'll, um you go get the big man and she's like something about you know, he's Stark. No, no, no. I'm getting Stark. You get the big man. Yeah, yeah. Right? And so, like, it's clever, but it's, they don't, you know, until they address it further in the scene where they actually use Bruce. Yeah. And he talks about getting angry. It doesn't, yeah. There is a, it's a little bit more of a slow burn than with Don yeah. Cheadle and just. Yeah. Boom. There it is. Like a yeah. band aid, one yeah. motion, yeah. right off. Yeah. Cool, man. 
I think that's all the... <laughs> oh, I have here... Loki's arrival? Because he... We don't get a necessarily, like, introduction to him. No. But he, he just kind of shows up. <laughs> it's very Terminator. It, the is, way it is so funny. It's actually... I. I put, like, Loki's power level feels weird. Because he just yeah. kind of shows up. He starts taking, like, M16 rounds to yeah, the chest. Yeah, like Yeah, that, like, was, that was weird to see. Yeah, yeah. Like, I get that he's Asgardian. Well, he's not Asgardian. He's... I mean, I think that's too, kind of a... You know, let's, let's chat about that for a quick second. Sure. I, you know, yes, he is an adopted son from Jotunheim. And but he's always referred to it as a, as an Asgardian, and mm-hmm. so I wonder if that's been a little bit retconned in terms of like, okay, yes, this is his origin story, but we're just gonna like sleep that under the rug and not talk about this so much because yeah. he always introduces himself as Loki as, of Asgard. Asgard, yeah, and so yeah. Anyway, that that's a little. Think about that, listeners. Next time you're watching, it. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> yeah, he definitely, and I, you know, Loki being Loki, I feel like I can see him. That's a that's a title. There's a title meant there. Yeah, a mentality of like that being an Asgard holds a different position in people's minds than sure. being a someone from Jotunheim. Yeah, yeah. So maybe that's just him projecting his insecurities. Or I mean, he lived there. He was raised there. He probably has the right to call himself Asgardian. Yeah. So and there could, I mean, we can we can sit here and defend it until the cows come home. I mean, like we could say. Uh, there's there was some magic hoodoo stuff yeah. that was happening, you know, where where now he is more Asgardian than the other thing, or mm-hmm. you know, he can he now he only has access to his Jotunheim if he's if he's touching the the cradle or the crypt or whatever they call right, that thing. Right, right. In kind of that scene, Barton and Selvig have a brief moment, but mm-hmm. they're kind of then set to the side. I think it works because there's so many characters in this film, yeah, and we really don't know what they're like together. The further we get into the Avengers movies and MCU in general, it's easier to have bigger groups because you have probably watched them together in the past and you know what those relationships are like. Right. Here, I think it was smart for them to pull a couple pieces off of the table. Um, Same with Jane Foster. Jane Foster does not need to be in this movie. Right. Send her away. Yeah, yeah, for sure. (laughs) Um, And they at least give Barton and Selvig something to do, um, help Loki for a little bit, and, and gives something... For Natasha to fight for and Thor to care about ultimately as well. Right. Yeah. Save Absolutely. the friends. It's not just saving the world. You gotta save your friends. That's right. <laughs> Speaking of saving friends, mm-hmm. what do you think? Be about ready the... to be disappointed. <laughs> the the vehicle escape scene in the beginning. What does that? <sighs> what what comes to your mind when you think of that? Oh gosh. See, you preface this with expectation, and now now I'm afraid I'm not gonna. Look, it's uh, at the end of the day, it's a little underwhelming okay. for me. Yeah, um, it's it's fun. It kind of has a nineteen seventies, nineteen eighties action adventure sense to it. Sure, like it's something I feel like I would see in a Spielberg movie. Well, really, all I wanted you to say was it reminds you of the ending of Halo. <laughs> Okay, I, you're right. It does. Okay, yeah, no, that's a good point. It's because uh, <laughs> every time I see it, that's all I think of. As an just, avid Halo fan, I can't believe I missed that I, opportunity. No, I agree with you though. It is a little underwhelming, and it feels it. It feels like okay, we need Maria Hill to survive, and we need Loki to get away, and we need Nick Fury to get away. So uh, the helicopter escapes, and then the ground cracks, and then uh, uh, Maria Hill. I keep wanting to say Kobe Smolders. Maria Hill gets crushed by the rocks, but she's not dead. And then yeah, and so. 
It yeah. feels very. We just need the plot to move forward. Yeah, yeah. We need it. We need to introduce Loki. We need to get him some some people. Mm-hmm. But they obviously they haven't unlocked the Tesseract, right? That's part. The plot of this movie revolves around them being able to unlock the Tesseract mm-hmm. as a portal, which happens once, kind of by accident, but or not accident. Loki triggers it or whatever, but. They can't just zip out of there. Yeah. So he's got to physically get out, and we have to have our heroes survive as well. So a brief chase slash escape scene. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But, I, you know, this is one of those, I think it's maybe a, the weaker part of the movie, but I, but the rest of the movie's pretty strong going forward. So, like, I, it's okay. Because you mean it starts, you're just beginning it's, fairly weak? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because it's doing a lot of And honestly, and, I kind of forgot about it. Yeah. This whole, I mean, I, I can see the, the beginning of my head, the little basement room thing mm-hmm. that apparently is miles below yeah. the ground. <laughs> I can I can always see that in my head, but then my head just jumps to, like, the, the Black Widow yeah. spy scene, you know? And so, there's a lot of talk about clean energy in this. There is. And I don't necessarily know if that was, like, a topic, topic of conversation at the time, or... Because I guess the, the arc reactor in Iron Man... They talk about how that's self-sustaining. Yeah. And now, although, doesn't he, I guess halfway through the movie, when they find out that he's, they want to use the Tesseract to build weapons, the clean energy conversation kind of gets dropped. Yeah, and it's a little bit like, oh, is this really just a front for, for this other thing? And, yeah. I, and it kind of goes back to, it's a, it's a weird, re, very realistic aspect of, I'm not to just, justify this at all, but like a lot of scientific discoveries do come from like, military spending at least in yeah. the u.s because military budget is so freaking huge yeah, yeah. like naturally you're gonna get some byproduct of useful discovery out of that right so like it makes sense that there could be like a oh we have the potential for this clean energy that shield is kind of looking at but like in reality right we know priority one is phase not what do they call them phase two they call it phase they two. call it two phase, phase yeah that's right they yeah there's no and I, I yeah i have a note about that right here phase two prototype slash vernacular early on yeah yeah right away which is i that had to be purposeful right like there's I no i think so yeah at, because i mean unless there's a comic reference to it and they're just saying but I mean, true even to with that like face they, you hear that in any military movie like now with the move on to phase two push the button and, right. you know and so i i i want to say it's clever but my heart <laughs> is like don't give them that credit don't yeah. give that to them yeah. <laughs> but no that was as i was watching it, every time that it came up i was just like oh let's, let's see you because right. they're even talking like phase two might not work if if or like this is a risky move you're taking with yeah. phase two and i'm like Okay. Is this well, meta commentary on yeah, this right. are we, franchise? Are we, uh, are we speaking at multiple levels here? Like, what's, <laughs> what's we're going only on? five or six movies in, but we're already doing the meta thing. <laughs> yeah, right. So you haven't. That's what it is. They haven't earned it yet. That's, that's right. That's right. Unlike Deadpool, they earned it on the first shot. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so after we get introductions, we we get moving pretty quick. Yeah. Everyone meets up on the helicarrier, mm-hmm. which. I love that scene. I yeah, the the lift off. The lift off is, is so, it's so cool. Good, yes, it's so very. Nothing neat. else to say about it. It's, it's so good. I don't know what else it's, to say. Like the uh, the dialogue around it is pretty clever. Yeah. I do like. I mean, as far as we mentioned the one liners, I think that is pretty clever to be like, was oh, this a submarine? Yeah, <laughs> you know, and yep. yeah, and then we move pretty quickly. You know, we don't really get a lot of introductions there. 
you know, characters meet each other, but there's there's a few. We do get a really nice scene, and we've talked about this. I think we talked about this in the Thor or Captain America. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. But we talked about there's a scene where Tony Stark, Bruce Banner, and Captain America are all, or Steve Rogers, are all talking in the room. And we kind of get like a really raw look at each of their personalities. Yeah, that comes after the Berlin or the Germany heist, yes. though, right? Yeah, because Tony's so. not on the ship yet. Right, because he shows up in, in Germany. Yeah, that's where it is. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they do the little. How do they even? I've, I've just watched this last night. They, I know, me too. But they, they figure out something's going to. Oh, they do a face tracking thing. Yeah, yeah. That's a right. A good old early 2000s uh, <laughs> born ultimatum face tracking. <laughs> we have access to every cell phone on tablet and. Yeah, yeah. In the world. <laughs> Never mind that there was a whole moral quandary in the Dark Knight four years ago about this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a little awkward. And now I'm like, we're. we're and in t- 2012, mm-hmm. we were just kind of starting. The, the mass majority of us were really starting to carry around smartphones yeah, all the time. Yeah. And they were real secure. I mean, I remember, and I still know people who do to this day, who put little pieces piece of tape, tape on over their, their yeah, camera. And I don't blame them. Yeah. Like, at one point I thought they were crazy. And now I'm like, you're not as crazy. And this movie was not, <laughs> was not proving that, but definitely hinting at like, oh no, like that's not unrealistic. Yeah, I mean, you're... Yeah. I'm not going to call you crazy for doing that. Yeah, I think that. <laughs> yeah, and I... Speaking of that German, Germany scene, that might be my favorite scene in the whole thing. When mm-hmm. I think it's just really touching when the old gentleman stands up yes. and he says... Uh, I wrote it down. He says, uh, not to men like you, there are always men like you. Mm-hmm. I think that is very touching. <laughs> A good reminder that just like there will always be people who stand up to do the right thing mm-hmm. there were there will almost always certainly be people who try to take advantage of others who try to rule over others and you know there's the only way to not allow that is to to be the people to stand up together against the tyrants yeah yeah so and it this the scene doesn't feel cliche to me it doesn't really feel like they're really trying like they're trying to get to you it just it feels like it is what it is and I think that makes it really powerful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's a it's a nice little sentiment thing, and then we get you know some stars and stripes. Yeah, fall that's in, right. and, <laughs> and then shortly after, a shoot the thrill comes on the radio, <laughs> and Iron Man swings in. <laughs> yeah, I think it's important that they nailed this introduction of these two characters. Yeah, because it's a th- it's a thread that goes throughout the series, even mm-hmm. up until end game of these. Two very conflicting personalities, or not conflicting, but they're just very different personalities. Mm-hmm. They work so well together. If you can get them, to if work you can together. get them to work together, <laughs> and just the the different approaches they have, and already you can just see the chemistry works. Yeah, um, in the scene and moving on. Yeah, definitely. And then we get and we get to spend a little bit of time with them because right after that we get the Thor yes. introduction and. Isn't that a nice little under the rug? How much dark magic did you use to blah, blah, blah? I mean, at least it's something. At least it's an explanation, I yeah. guess. Because last time we saw Thor, the space needle was busted. Yeah. And so, he can, or the Bifrost, yeah. But, I mean, I guess that does give him motivation to get back to Earth if they've rediscovered the Tesseract is on Earth. Mm-hmm. And that can help. 
I, I don't I don't know. I can't remember in Thor 2 if the Bifrost is fixed or what. Uh, I feel like or if it, it ever is. gets fixed, maybe. I feel like it does. Oh, maybe not. I guess we'll find out. I, the guess, next episode I guess that when we rewatch, we yeah. will. We'll we'll figure that out. But you're you're right that the Thor introduction, you know, coming now probably, you know, 40 minutes into this movie, mm-hmm. it feels good too. It's it's one of those weird things where we have a kind of a banger scene after banger scene after banger scene. Yeah. Because there's the kind of corny line about like Oh, you scared of lightning? Well, I'm not terribly fond of what comes after. Right. And we're all like, okay, Thor, let's yep, go. Here we go. Yep. Um, <laughs> you know, Cap has his Natasha's like trying to convince him to sit it out, and he has his little one line. Yep. Oh, there's only one goddamn, and I'm pretty sure he doesn't dress like that. Yep. Classic. Yep. I'm from 1942. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we get kind of our first little fight between Avengers. Yeah. I think. Tony and Thor, mm-hmm. it's just fun to watch them. Yeah. Again, I think Tony talks a little too much, <laughs> but they're, how they use their powers and the suit's abilities yes. is really, really clever. Yes. Um, and it's a very engaging fight to watch. Yeah, yeah. And we get a precursor, which we'll talk about, and I'm saying it now so I can remember for later. There's a precursor in this fight that affects a fight in, I think, Age of Ultron. Mm. So we'll revisit that. If it happens where I think it does. Yes. You know, it's talk, we were talking about, uh, they're fighting over Loki. Mm-hmm. Um, Loki showed up. I don't know if Loki is misremembering or if he's purposefully deluding himself because he says, I think to Thor, that Thor tossed him into the abyss, is what he says. <laughs> but And I can only assume he's talking about the ending of Thor, where right. he lets go. Yeah, and where falls. Loki lets go. Exactly. And so I thought that was kind of an interesting twist if he's you know and i don't necessarily want to mention this but we find out later that there's some gray area as to whether he was being controlled by the mind stone Mm. on his own you know and so yeah that's an interesting thing to think about if he if he was misremembering or if he's purposefully deluding himself definitely seems like to me something that someone who's trying to convince themselves they're in the right sometimes sometimes we our mind is really good at remembering certain things and really, really good at making up other things. Yeah. And so if, you know, that traumatic event, he feels like he, that letting go was more of a, I had to, you know, he's, he's justifying this existence of isolation and now brutality in an, in an attempt to rule. Well, it's maybe a little harder to do that out of a place of my family cared about me. Yeah, and it's a little yeah. easier if I feel slighted by my family. That's and fair. And so I'm yeah. going to project that, you know, inaccurate memory now into my subconscious. I think that's a really good explanation. Yeah. Especially if you're going to be the arm of whether it's, I think we find out at the very end it's Thanos, yeah. but the arm of this Chutari mm-hmm. weird looking hand person. Yeah. It seems to be pulling the strings from behind the, behind the scenes. I really enjoy that they really make us wait for a Hulk transformation. Yes. I also love that his shirt I have written here uh, I really love that Bruce Banner shirt is Hulk purple pants purple. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like, we're not going to give you the purple pants, but like, here's something that I, would make sense. I tell you what, wear. though. I saw it. I was like, you know what? I wouldn't mind having that shirt. Yes. <laughs> looks real good on him. I'm Maybe I can pull it off the same way. But. Yeah. Yeah. And this is where we get to the point where you were talking about earlier. Once Cap steps in and solves the little spew between Iron Man and, and Thor, we get all back onto the helicarrier. Yeah. Loki gets thrown in the Hulk chamber. Yeah. 
Um, and I love the line. It comes a little later in the scene, but where Fury's talking about how why do I feel like Loki's the only one who wants to be here? Yeah, that is a really good line. And in a movie full of decent to like mediocre one-liners, that one's a banger one-liner. That's a good one. Yeah. But what are some of your thoughts on, at this point, when everyone's in the helicarrier? Uh, So we kind of mentioned I I am a big fan of that Steve, Tony, Bruce scene. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. and I didn't realize I'd forgotten that that's the catalyst for for Cap to go to go snooping. Yes, and I yeah I dug that a lot. What I really like, and it, I really hate that they kind of push through it to get to, in my opinion, a less exciting action sequence. Mm-hmm. There's two fights happening, and it's uh, no, it's not two fight scenes. It's two action sequences, though. It's Captain America and, and Iron, Iron Man, Man trying to get the Hellcarrier back online. Yes. And then it's I what I really dig is Natasha's fight with the Hulk. Yeah. Because it's it's very she is a million percent outmatched. <laughs> yes. You know, like if he get, if he gets her, that's it. There's right. no, you know. And so it's and it's dark and he's hitting it's a really cramped location. It's very yeah. alien. Yeah. And it's he's you know, if he just stands up straight, he's hitting steam and, and stuff. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, Thor comes in and we do get a, a it's it's a good action sequence, but I dug that that dichotomy. Because we already had action action happening. Yes. We already have Cap and, and Iron Man trying to figure out that and Captain's leaping yeah. into just nothing, <laughs> which makes my anxiety like flare up <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Yeah, and, and and then Cap falls out and he's trying to get on and like Iron Man's suit gets busted up because yeah. he can't he has to get out of turbine and anyway if I if we just had like even thirty seconds longer of Natasha and Hulk's cat and mouse game I would have really dug that mm-hmm. so. yeah no I agree that's I think that's stronger than the Hulk versus Thor for sure I think that you have kind of the infiltration barton and you have fury and maria hill Mm -hmm. in the control room that's all happening at the same time as well yeah um there's a lot of chaos and that is the only one that i think really projects the like fear fear. yeah the fear because you have traditional action happening in the control room you've got this horrifying thing down here you've got cap and tony they're they're doing they're they're trying to fix the problem Mm -hmm. and it's a real. I think it works for the most part, but you're right. We they kind of blow through that because if you let the Hulk loose for too long, he's gonna win. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so I think you, you have to bring him in. But I think you're right. Even like yeah. thirty second, another minute of just extending that, I think could have really, really been interesting. Yeah, I, and I understand now that we're talking about it. You know, I'm, I understand that we needed to get Natasha and Barton to to face off yeah. for a second. Yep. But you know. That doesn't mean I'm not upset that we didn't get more of uh, Natasha and Hulk. Yes, fair. Yeah. I think the the, the Natasha... So, a little bit before that. I Uh think the Natasha-Loki conversation is a little... uh, It's a little weak. Yeah. You know, we, we get a really good moment of her in the very beginning when she's on the phone with Phil Coulson and she says, you know, you're interrupting me. This idiot's giving me everything. Yeah. You know, and that's that's good. And now here we get... The line that makes her switch is she says you're a monster, and then mm-hmm. he says you brought the monster. What does that have to do with anything? <laughs> like, I, I did I just like that's how I feel. Like that's just stuttering words. I yeah. don't understand. Like yeah. how I mean, I guess maybe I don't have the spy mind that 
Romanoff has or what, but yeah. Yeah, it's interesting too. It feels like this has been kind of some grandiose thing that, you know how at the end of a movie, you'd be like, it doesn't make any sense that the bad guy went through all these illogical steps to make this thing happen because in reality, like, they shouldn't have happened that way, but yeah. they did. And it works because it's a movie and it yeah. draws on your suspension of disbelief. But <laughs> in the same way, like the fact that she's the one there bartering or having that conversation is just because Barton happened to be the guy who got right. And Loki didn't know that when he chose when he tapped on Barton yeah. to to mind control him. So like it's it's kind of this weird happenstance that it works because of who the characters are in their Mm -hmm. and their their abilities and their relationships but it doesn't feel earned in a way that i don't know i'm trying to think of another example from this movie in in ways that other things are earned in this movie sure sure yeah i all if i come up with an example (laughs) well no i I think like you know uh, you mentioned earlier cap and iron man's relationship is is set up very well so i think in the grand scheme of things the payoff starts here sure we, they have to you know and so that is something that feels earned especially when by the time we finally get a civil war mm-hmm. of of their distrust of each other or however you want to spin that yeah here's what it is let's go here's right. what it is for me it's it's because loki despite being loki we know loki as like the god of mischief in this movie we've not had to we've not seen him outwit anyone mm, he's yeah. only ever mind controlled people yeah there's no, there's no threat of that possibility in this scene because there's a foot of glass between each of right. them, right? Yes. Like, so he gets to have a speech and she gets to have this, like, breaking down where we get to see a little bit more into her past, which she's, quote unquote, like, ashamed of. Yeah. But she's not. So but maybe she is. We learn, she yeah, we, we, eventually she is, but yeah. like she's she's a good actress. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that she convinces Loki that she is. Yeah. And I just don't feel like that pays off like it should because we haven't had Loki be that conniving, convincing antagonist. Right, yeah. He's been a little conniving in the past. In the past. But not not enough to a level of like I mean, just to give you an example of like a, there's a reason Lex Luthor is Superman's nemesis. Yeah. It's because he outwits him. Right. You know, and, and I think there's something to be said there for having a, an enemy whose strength is not just, oh, I am also the same thing as you. Yes. Like, uh, like not like, you know, Sherlock Holmes and Moriarty, you yeah. know, they're trying to outwit each other. I think there's something to be said for an antagonist and a protagonist who have different areas of expertise yes. that can really force them to think outside the box. And we're just not necessarily getting that from Loki here. Yeah. And, you know, in future installments, I think they do backtrack a little bit. And I know this is the second or third time I brought that up, but there's a little bit of apology there for, oh, well, he was either mind controlled or he's just an idiot and he's always been an idiot. You know, stuff like the movies tend to sway that way, I feel like. Mm -hmm. We do kind of get through that big action scene there. Yeah. Loki escapes, Mm -hmm. but Barton is rescued. Yep, yep. (laughs) And Hulk and Thor are thrown asunder. Yep, yep. Then we get the classic end of the second act like the heroes have been beaten down. Phil Coulson They've is locked. dead. Phil Coulson's dead. Oh my. Yeah. 
gosh, Phil Coulson is dead. Yeah. We or had is him, he? We had him in in three, four movies yeah. as a slight cameo. Not really, but he was beloved. He was. He yeah. was and I I really we didn't mention him earlier, but I do think he actually does a really good job in this movie setting a foundation for the Avengers to stand on that is, you know, morally above something like what Nick Fury does. Right. Yeah. He's that guy who looks up to Cap, who wants his autograph on his (laughs) vintage card set. Right. And and doesn't always accept the status quo for as it is, but is willing to make the sacrifice play. Yeah. So I think... And you can disagree. I don't even know if you thought about it, but he, you know, he says they just needed something too, and then he trails off. I, I bet you dollars to the donuts he was going to say avenge. Makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> come to find out. So sorry if you were planning on listening to this podcast because you were hoping we would cover Agents of the Shield, which we are not. <laughs> Apparently, he is not dead. Right. And he does come back <laughs> as an alien goo monster, or so I hear. He's they have some Jutari tech, which. Which replenishes the blood in his body with something not human blood, and so I don't, I don't know the specifics, but as far as the MCU concerned, Phil Coulson is dead is as a doornail. Yep, yep, so. yep. Which is, I think, is good. Yeah, I think so. Having never watched Agents of Shield, I am happy <laughs> to just imagine Coulson having done that sacrificial yeah. move. Yeah. I think franchises are too scared to kill, to kill off, off the characters, characters these uh-huh. days. So anytime one does, I'm little applause over here <laughs> not because i'm morbid and like death or Brett's anything cheering on for the death <laughs> bring it on so we have the our heroes are kind of scattered and yep. iron man makes the connection oh crap yeah it's happening in new york on my tower on my, my tower my egotistical yeah. tower <laughs> so they kind of they fly off and and get ready there yep they suit up yes the if suit you got up. a suit suit up oh man yep. cap is... Tell me to suit up anytime. <laughs> I thought you were going to go the way I was going with that, which was going to be Cap. His suit is so bad at this. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. It was interesting watching this again and being like, ooh, that suit's not. Yeah. It is. They get so much better and only like two, like two movies away, it gets so much better. Right. I, I will say it's pretty comic book accurate. For yeah. all you nerds out there that want comic book accurate stuff yep this is like straight up the captain america he's got the white a on his on his forehead he's got the little wings on his ears yep it this is it man you got it (laughs) yeah it's a little silly but i'm glad they find kind of a new avenue for costumes going forward in phase two but i agree i digress speaking of costumes that are kind of hit or miss I don't mind the Thor original lightning gives me sleeves mm-hmm. concept with the little like dinner plates on his chest. <laughs> but his suit that he shows up in, that's like the lightning, the black and the lightning metal things mm-hmm. and his sleeveless. I don't care for that one either. No. Yeah. And, and we'll talk about this more later, but Thor's costuming is very interesting how much it changes over time. Yes. Yeah. Um, Cap, I think, has the benefit of having it's a more military-esque costume you can get away with 
doing some of that. Right. Making it feel a little more realistic or tactile while incorporating some of those classic comic book like icons. Like yeah. the star never really goes away. Sometimes right. it's just more muted or yeah. things like that. So yeah. then we have the invasion. Yeah. Third we're act. Here. We're here. We're here. And it's the entire third act. <laughs> it is. I I didn't realize that when the when the portal opens, I think I paused to like go get water or something. Mm-hmm. And I just happened to glance at the time, and we still had like 40 minutes yeah. to go. And I was like, oh my goodness, this battle is so long. <laughs> However, that being said, I don't think it feels weird. No, it's paced very well. Yes. They have nice little breaks where individual groups of Avengers or individual Avengers mm-hmm. get moments. Mm-hmm. Loki gets, you know, some time with thor and some time with iron man Mm -hmm. and then the hulk which (laughs) 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 yep yep is great yep uh but street level stuff i think works really well too yeah some of it's a little cheesy it is Um, there's a the the cap with the police why should we take orders from you kind of thing that's a little (laughs) it's cheesy it makes me laugh every time i don't know why (laughs) i i hundred percent agree that it's cheesy though yeah and i dig the i dig the idea of it i like the dialogue in it it's just that he you know as soon as that happens two aliens come up and he's got to beat you know but other than that i thought it was okay of course we get the line that has lived in our minds and hearts that's my secret cap yeah i'm always angry that the line that spawned a thousand memes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Banner Banner's reintroduction to this was great. I really enjoy how they use him because he's not around for the first part of the fight. Mm-hmm. You can just kind of let him smash. Yeah. After they've kind of held them at bay, but ultimately it kind of seems like they're getting overrun. Banner shows up. They're able to take down the flying space whale. Yes. And then it's like, okay, combo time. Yeah. Where we have a plan. Mm-hmm. Thor's doing lightning shit and it's awesome. <laughs> Tony's flying around. You get some nice work between Cap and Natasha mm-hmm. on the ground. Yeah. Corralling, evacuation. Their, everyone has their and... role. It, it, it really does feel like this nice evolution from combat chaos to an organized plan of attack. Yeah. And so I mentioned earlier, I, the, my biggest problem with, with the Avengers movies the, the team up movies and maybe this will change as we do this podcast but so far it's not <laughs> yeah all of them seem very much just to be like we don't get along and that's the plot yeah you know and, yeah and then something happens and we're we get along now and so for this one i don't mind it as much because it is the first one yeah and what else is gonna happen you know and so revisiting that i was kind of like okay i'm interested to see where we go from here because they you know i've always kind of had that idea in my head that that's just what they build it off of and Mm -hmm. so we'll see if it continues but yeah it also i really dig when movies or any kind of story puts their characters for the finale in a location you haven't been yet Mm. and everybody that is involved and that's why like lord of the rings and star wars are such good finales is because in lord of the rings Sam and Frodo have to get the ring to Mordor. And if they fail, the world ends. Yeah. Aragorn and uh, and his little band of merry men have to <laughs> defend Minas Tirith. And then they have to go distract Mordor. And if they fail, the world ends. Yeah. And then Star Wars. Han and his people have to turn off the shield, the shield on uh, Endor. Yeah. And if they don't, 
the universe ends, and Luke has to go and fight Darth Vader. If he fails, the world ends, and there's a space thing happening. And so this movie definitely fits into that. If the people on the ground don't get the people out, people die. Yeah. If Iron Man isn't doing sky stuff and distracting whales and keeping them off the ground, people die. And, it, you know, and so when everybody has a purpose for a finale in a location we're unfamiliar with, I think that is going to help, number one, like what you said with the pacing. And number two, it helps keep us engaged and keep us excited. Yeah. Because maybe somebody opens a door and all of a sudden, oh no, like we haven't, you know, we haven't seen the same before or whatever, you know? Yeah. Except for, it just hit me. <laughs> I don't particularly care for the Tesseract defends itself kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, but other than that, this, this ending like third Selvig act is pretty Like being good. like, I like built the defense mechanism where you could use the scepter. Yeah, right. It's like if we already know the scepters, and which we weren't publicly known, it wasn't publicly known at this time that the scepter was also it's, an infinity it's stone. It's also an infinity stone. But yeah. like, it seems like you could... Just kind of ex machina that and be like, for some reason it works. We yeah, don't know right. Why, yeah, but for sure. I, I don't know. The other thing that I think is interesting is that on top of all of what's going on, we get the heroes back, kind of back up. They're doing their thing. We're given a ticking clock. Yes. We have the council has overridden Nick Fury and is like, we're going to nuke New York, which okay <laughs> dramatic yeah we went from zero to a hundred <laughs> yes. very fast but that was their decision and again again it works for a story because it, it does help that last three minutes really feel tension yeah when it kind of seems like they're back on top yeah the avengers they're they're, they're working yeah. together they're cleaning up oh crap yeah. Now there's a new thing. It's kind of from our friends. Yeah. Maybe they're not our friends. They're nuking us. Yeah. But it does give Tony... This council, which is only in this movie, that goes away forever. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's in the... Uh, it's oh, in it's, Winter Soldier. Oh, okay, okay. It's in okay. Winter Soldier. We'll, yeah. we'll see. I don't know if we'll see those exact ones again. Right, but, right. But it does give Tony the opportunity to prove Cap wrong early mm-hmm. in the movie. Cap says, you're not the one who would make the sacrifice play. Yeah. And he and gets then he, to... And he does. He does. Yeah. He does. And I think... It works pretty well. Yeah. It's a weird place for Iron Man's arc in the scheme of things. With Iron Man 3 coming out, though, here soon, I think it does a really good job of setting up why he's that way in that movie. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I am glad to a certain extent that they were able to do this and make this happen so that he would have a little more trauma to deal with. Yeah. Um, a lot of times I think we see heroes not deal with like it's like yeah we're it was that was intense but like we're good yeah right and even tony who is as go lucky and quibby as ever right i know a great shawarma place down the street (laughs) so uh, we also get the capture of loki we do Mm -hmm. the epic shot with the entire line yeah i'll take that that drink now yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, honestly same though yeah yeah right (laughs) for sure yeah we do get some Hulk leaping. We this. do. It's not quite as intense as uh, the 2003 it, predecessor. It whenever feels that was, good. It yeah. feels like the right amount of Hulk leaping. Yes, I agree. Yeah. The Hulk smash line is fine. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah it probably hit when I was, you know, 22 and this is the first time I'd seen this movie. I was like, ha, Right. Smash. Yeah, right. And now it's like, Okay, go smash. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm curious. So there is a line in here. Iron Man picks up. Clinch up Legless. 
Yeah, clench up like glass. Yeah. I have a theory. Okay. I either... So, because the movies, War of the Rings, were distributed by New Line Cinema. Mm-hmm. And then... And this was not. <laughs> and so, no. I'm curious if they either just paid a flat amount of money to just be like, can we use this line? Or if they made the pitch of like, oh no, Tony read the books. And so it's a it's a it's a quotation from the book Legolas and maybe yeah, that's I'm not how sure they got around the it. Legal lees behind that kind of usage is in Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. the Hobbit is mentioned. Yeah, he says he read it. Yeah. 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 I bet so that's I what know. it was. There I must there be was some... just some Universe. I don't know. Right. I think you can. I think you can name drop things without okay. having to pay extra for them. And it, it kind of. I think it also falls under the jurisdiction of like, is this an advertisement or not? Right. Because like you know, if you're watching a TV show and they're they're eating Panera bread in there or something, and they're enjoying it, that's not necessarily bad for Panera, right? You know, and so well, and it's one thing if it's like I got this from Panera, and it's another thing if like there's the Panera logo, right? Yeah. Exactly. Verbal. Got our say, communications guy over here. I know, right? It's, it's, like, it's, like I, <laughs> it's like I work in communications. <laughs> yeah, man. So what do you, so we get two in credit scenes. We do get the have you had shawarma before? I have had shawarma before. Is it good? It's it's, it's Greek, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Um it's it's pretty good. It's pretty I've only ever gotten it in a couple uh in one place here in Wichita and it, I I don't think it's I'm sure it's authentic. It's not like a hole in the wall Greek restaurant, is though. It the Medis? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's very rich, is what I'll say. Okay. Um, but it's, it's lamb, isn't it? It's yeah. Not a protein. Well, you can get different kinds oh, sure, of, sure. of of shawarma, like any food, like any food. <laughs> you can get beef shawarma. You can get, but it, but it's good. I mean, it's got, it's just a lot. Like sure. it's just a lot of flavor. So okay. you just have to be ready for it. I've never had it. Maybe I, I maybe I, I do recommend yeah. trying it. Yeah. Always try new foods. And then we get the second end credit scene, which is to court the humans on Earth would be to court death. Death. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And which, if you're a comic book reader, you would recognize that as that's the reason Thanos is doing his whole mission in the first place. Yeah. Because he's trying. Death is an actual being. And he's trying to impress her. Yep. And so, spoiler alert, he does it. And then death is like, you killed half of life. Why didn't you just kill all of them? And yeah. so he, <laughs> he gets a little, he gets a little uh, down about that. But anyway, so that is, that's something interesting. They, I think they just set it up much like in our, I think it was the end credit for Thor. Mm-hmm. We see Selvig in the Tesseract basement. Yes. And we see Loki in the reflection. Uh-huh. Well, how is Loki? You know, and so there's a little bit of retconning. I think they just set it up in case they wanted to go that direction. Yeah. But ultimately, you know, we got something that's different. Yeah. It still fine. it still feels like they're trying to figure out who Thanos is as a puppet master. Right. And and what I really enjoy at the end of this movie upon rewatching now is how phases two and three are really this it's this intricate Thanos versus Fury, both of them being puppet masters over these other characters. Mm -hmm. Obviously, not everyone's under Fury. You have the Guardians doing their own thing. But, like, at the same time, it is, like, trying to deal... Fury's trying to do something similar with the Avengers that Thanos... It's just motivation difference, right? right? Like, one is trying to collect some stones and (laughs) set... But but in in the end, he's trying to bring order to the universe fury is much more interested with planet earth but it's how do we 
protect? How do we how do we put a shield of uh, 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 <laughs> shield how do we of put armor, armor around, around the, the world? world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tony Stark has some ideas for you. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and all of them are great. Let me tell you what. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think about, I mean, we've kind of talked about, we've given a lot of praise. Joss Wheaton as director, think he did a good job? I think he did. I th- and I think he does a good job still. One, you know, one of my favorite things about phase one, we've talked about this before as we've done these previous four or five episodes, is that each character individually feels unique. Mm-hmm. And I think... He does a good job of bringing that uniqueness without making it bland. Sure, like you know, I think, and and maybe like I said, as we as we watch them more, but when I think back to Avengers movies, even like the Infinity War and Endgame, it's like we're just heroes and we're doing hero stuff. Yeah, as opposed to this, where, and maybe it's just because we don't we don't have a lot to watch before this. You know, you could very easily watch the first four movies and then watch. I mean. If you can watch Star Wars, you can watch the phase one of the MCU. Right. You know? And so I think it's a, I think it was maybe an easier task, but no, I think it does get quippy. Yeah. It does get pretty comedic. But some of the stuff, you know, really hit hard and hits good. Like the, I mean, for as dumb as the Galaga guy sequences, <laughs> he's playing Galaga, I thought we wouldn't notice. As dumb as that is, People like that, and mm-hmm. it's been, and I mean, it's still quoted today. Yep. And so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think that he was probably one of the better choices for directors to bring things together. Right. And say, oh, now I think going forward, mm-hmm. I think especially when we get to phase three, there's a fear of deviation Mm. i think phase two still has some experimentation in it but by the end of phase two definitely phase three it's like okay we're doing the joss wheaton formula right i think it works for this i don't know if it works for every movie right yeah so well um, also written by zach co-written by zach penn so uh joss joss wheaton and zach penn both got screenplay credits on this and zach penn did hulk didn't he Uh, yes the Incredible Hulk. He did do The Incredible Hulk. Yeah. He's got a decent resume. Prior to this, he did things like The Incredible Hulk, Elektra, <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe not the big, but X-Men movies. He worked on the a number of the X-Men this movies. Is Zach Penn? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Inspector other... Gadget. I love Inspector Gadget. It's a great movie. <laughs> Good old Matthew Broderick. Yes. Oh, and Joss Whedon. I did not realize did Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog. If you... I love that. We're... Into YouTube in the early 2000s. Heck yes. Nathan Fillion and uh, uh, How MPH, I Met Your Mother. Neil Patrick Harris. Neil Patrick yeah. Harris. Yeah, so good. So <laughs> yeah, good. Definitely. So funny. Let's see. How does this set up for future MCU properties? I mean... This is a good... I think this is a good wrap-up. I honestly... I think if you wanted to watch Phase 1 and, that's just, a, and just cut there. it there, I yeah. think that's great. Yeah. Yeah. You know? It's very final. Mm-hmm. And... The only reason we get more is just because there's more to tell. And there's a, I mean, there's a little bit of like, oh, what else is out there kind yeah. of thing. But no, man, I, I think <laughs> we get more because the formula makes money. Let's <laughs> yeah, basically. Be yes, yes. <laughs> and I, no, I think it does a good job doing that yeah. because it wraps up so well. It sets the foundation for characters. It sets the foundation for the world in order to expand upon it. Yeah. I think that's what you need to make a good sequel is you need to have some but not all. Yeah. And we get that here. Yep. 
I think kind of like how I mentioned earlier, I think this does a great job of setting Tony up for his next movie. Yes. It does a great job of setting Cap up for his next movie and the mm-hmm. distrust of government and organizations. Yeah. I'm not sure what it does for Thor. <laughs> nothing. It does nothing. It, for does, it, does, it makes Thor's He's got story the Tesseract back. more complicated. Yes, right. Right. <laughs> but yeah. I think I would agree. I think it does a great job of kind of bookending this little story, leaving some stuff open for other storytellers and other stories. Where does this fall on your list? On my list. So looking at this as an MCU property Mm -hmm. only, I think this might be my number one. Just because it was ambitious and it was the first time something like this has happened. Yeah. It was risky. And it could have just as easily failed as much as it could have succeeded in the way it did. Yep. And so, and I, I thought long ago, actually, I had that in my list before we started just now. Yeah. And as we were talking, I was like, well, maybe it might be on either side of Iron Man. Mm-hmm. We'll see. But after talking about it, no, this is this is super solid. And if I was ranking this MCU thing as like movies and how good the movies are, it would probably be behind Iron Man or Thor. But it, ranking this as an MCU property, this is my number one spot so yep. far. I completely agree. I didn't have as hard of a time. It's pretty easy, <laughs> easy for me to say that this is this is ranked number one currently. Yeah, solidly right there above Iron Man and at the moment for all the same reasons you just said. I won't restate that. <laughs> <laughs> So, that being said, how about the rest of the world? Yeah, especially this year. Mm-hmm. I I actually think it sits... I don't know. <laughs> like, again, it's I'm a big old film nerd, if you sure. guys haven't figured that out now. So, like... Wait, what? <laughs> I know, right? So, <laughs> like, of the, all of the amazing movies that year, I say mm. amazing. Like, Skyfall's phenomenal. Yeah. Like, I love Argo. Like, no one else is going to put this below Argo, except for probably me. <laughs> right? Like, but like, Argo is, mm. Yeah, yeah. Prometheus, just, it hits that sweet spot. So, like, for me, even though I love this, and mm-hmm. I put it at the top of our MCU list, like, it still kind of falls into that, like, probably 5 through 10 place in my, maybe not 10. 10 is probably far. Sure. Probably 5 through 7. Okay. For me, I think it'd probably be maybe in the top five. Yeah. Maybe it may be number five. Yeah. So, like, just to, we use Letterboxd for our rankings uh-huh. and stuff. And so I'm looking at mine. And so, like, my five stars from that year, like Lincoln, yes. Dark Knight Rises, The Master, mm-hmm. and that's it. Uh, yeah. And so I think, as far as, as action, comic book movies go, this is pretty stinking good. Yes. You know, I think it'd be right under. Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Yeah. And in terms of like kind of those like big popcorn movies of that year. Yeah. And I like big action-y. Probably Skyfall is the only one that like falls above it. All Mm -hmm. of the rest are going to be these like niche film Twitter. Right. Weird movies. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not really. But like it's better than The Amazing Spider-Man. It's. Yes. I think it's better than Dark Knight Rises. I actually think Dark Knight is pretty underrated, but I still would put it above Same. that. Yeah, it, it's a good like it's a good like let's not kid ourselves. Yeah, it's trying to follow the Dark Knight. Yeah, <laughs> it's not the Dark Knight, but it's also like it doesn't suck that much. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah, I agree. So so it's still I I want to clarify that it's like it's still really good. It's just that year there were a lot of bangers for me. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, I think that's that's gonna wrap up phase one for us. Unless man, you got anything else, the end of a phase. Yeah. 
slash I feel like era. we just started this, too. I know. Yeah. We're moving right along. We are. Just trucking. Indeed. <laughs> Great, man. So... We talked about maybe doing a phase one wrap-up episode. Unfortunately, I don't have time to do that right this second, because I'm on my way to see Quantumania. Oh, Ant-Man. That's right. And so maybe we'll chat about that, and maybe we'll pop into a bonus episode or something. Sure. We'll see what happens. Yeah. But yeah, so I hope you enjoyed our Avengers breakdown, and we will see you next time for Iron Man the Third. The Third. (laughs) See you then. Do you have state of the world yeah. stuff? Okay, great. Yeah, cool. I figured you did, and I always feel weird. I'm like, should I text him? He surely he understands yours. <laughs> I, I, I think he's 2012, right? <laughs> That's what I did it for. Right. I think this might be the first drink we've had where it's like, it is the color it's supposed to be. And like right. That's what it is. <laughs> Fabulous. Oh. Wonderful. Didn't you uh, make some for your daughter? Too, I did, too? yeah. <laughs> and ironically, she did not complain about it until I was like, I think it tastes a little unsweet. And then she's like, oh yeah, this is awful. Give me sugar. <laughs> oh yeah, this is garbage. <laughs> Dad. My bad. Prometheus. I love it. People hate it. I love it. I had to throw it I, in there. I find that people that like the Alien franchise mm-hmm. tend to like Prometheus a little bit better. But people that like it just because they're like oh i like alien yeah and they don't really get into like the mechanic like the lore of the mm-hmm. world or anything that that's the kind of people that kind of tend to not like probably yeah as much. yeah it was definitely a departure yeah <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. oh this is a sticky sticky glass sticky sticky glasses <laughs> maybe here use the wooden one. Oh, thank you it won't stick the millennium falcon oh usually you give me the other one so this is the hoth i'll take yeah. i'll take hoth <laughs> okay it's not Josh Brolin in the beginning. Yeah, who doesn't, who doesn't, yeah, who, who voices. It's not Josh Brolin who voices. <laughs> Cut all that out. <laughs> well, what's funny is that uh, uh, the person I was watching it with, they said, this. they had just watched Laura Croft, and so mm. they were like, this reminds me so much of like Laura Croft. And I was like, yeah. And then they watched me write down, this seems very Halo. And yeah. they're like, no, I said Laura Croft. I was like, I know. <laughs> I know what you said. <laughs> I'm not taking notes for you. Yeah, right. <laughs> but... There's some other good it's ones. A, it's a spicy meatball <laughs> quotation. great. <laughs> we are fine. <laughs> she's just nervous. Oh, she's like, I heard raised voices. <laughs> just wait till you find out I have a giant crow tattooed across my back. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> well, I have to go all of a sudden. <laughs> Why don't you stay a while? <laughs> I'm kind of like how Bruce Banner is at the in uh, in Endgame. Spoiler alert! But then, like, yeah, like, you don't you didn't you didn't put Lay Miz as a five stars. I have not seen Lay Miz. What? I know. That's phenomenal. I can't believe that. You're the second person like this month. To tell me that. <laughs> you did. You got so worried about us. You did. Why are you so worried? Jamma. Poor Jamma. He's like, there's so much noise. <laughs>